guys can can be in a stadium when it's about three below zero and and they got no shirts on and they're painted up the color of their favorite team with a mask on that makes them look ridiculous screaming to the top of their lungs and they're called a fan but you get a group of people that is in a church somewhere and they've been healed of diseases they've been delivered of addictions they've been saved from hell and they just get excited about a God who loves them more than anything else in this world and they raise their hand or they have a tear drip off their face and they're called a fanatic I've never got that I, that don't make sense to me because when, when the race is over, it's over. When the game is over, it's over. When it's all said and done here, one day we're going to walk on a street of gold. We're going to go through a gate of pearl. We're going to see walls of jasper, and it's going to be a great day. Amen? I want you to take your Bibles real quickly and turn with me. Remain standing for just a moment. Just a moment. We're going to sing a, a verse or two. And, uh, and uh if you are here for the very first time, you were here for the very first time, we are so glad that you are here. If you filled out one of those prayer cards, one of those prayer cards we passed out a while ago, uh, could you hold it up real high? We're going to collect them really quick. Just, just hold it up right where you are. We're going to run to get them real quick. We've got some right here in the middle and some in the back. Hey, let's, let's let them know we're glad they're here. Come on, give them a hand. Let them know you're glad they're here. Isn't that great? All right. All right, we are in 2 Corinthians chapter number 5. And we're going to start in verse number 8. Uh, start in verse number 8. Here in this chapter, uh, beginning from verse number 1 down to where we're going to read, we find Paul describing uh, our bodies, our bodies, and he describes it as a tabernacle or a house. He says we have a house. Our, our body houses our soul and our spirit. If that makes sense, say Amen. Your, your body is the vehicle that is used to, to carry your soul and spirit, your consciousness around uh, here on this earth. And I don't know about your body, but my body's tired. Uh, my, this building that I'm in is in need of repair. Amen. And Paul is saying, Paul is saying that this house that we live in down here, this body that we occupy down here, he's longing to have the one that's waiting on him up there. He's saying one day he's going to have a body that's not made with hands. we got a brand new body that's waiting on us that don't have cancer, that doesn't have cataracts, that doesn't know what migraine headaches are, that doesn't know what all this stuff is. And, and Paul teaches us that one day this mortal shall put on immortality. This, <laughs> amen. This weakness shall put on strength. This, this, this broken part that we have is going to put on a brand new body. And he says this, he says, everybody fears death. There's no reason to fear death because to be absent from the body, the moment that this spirit and soul leaves this body, how many of y'all know medical technology has an ability to keep your body functioning for, for, for extended, long periods of time? But it is, has no life without the spirit and the soul. But when that spirit and soul leaves this body, the Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. And you don't have any reason to be afraid because the moment your eyes close in death, they're going to be looking at Jesus eyeball to eyeball. Amen. Verse 8. 
verse 8. He says, we are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body, this house, is to be present with the Lord. Wherefore, we labor, we're working, we're laboring, that whether present or absent, we may be accepted of him. Now that word accepted means well-pleasing, well-pleasing. For we must all, how many of us? We must all appear before the judgment seat of Christ, that everyone may receive the things done in his body according to that he hath done, whether it be good or bad. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Knowing therefore the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. Verse 20. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are his representatives, if you will. As though God did beseech you by us, we pray you in Christ's stead, be ye reconciled to God. He's saying, come back to God. Be reconciled, be brought back into a right relationship with him. We're here as representatives of God to you, asking you to be brought back into a right relationship with him. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings and your mercy, your kindness. Thank you for a great service. Thank you for a good crowd. Thank you for people that come to, to hunger and thirst after righteousness. They're coming to feed on your word, and I pray they will not leave disappointed. I pray that they'll leave knowing something more today than they knew yesterday. And, and Lord, I pray that you'll help us to become more like Christ. And Lord, I'll thank you and I'll praise you, for you are good. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. I will have to be honest with you, today is a little different than, than most Sundays. Uh, I, I usually, if I, am trying to, if I am trying to steer the congregation in a certain way or lead us to something, because it is my responsibility to lead and feed. That's, that's why God put me on this planet. That's why God put me at Temple Baptist Church on the corner of Campground Road to lead and to feed. And when I see a need, when I see an area of, of need in the church, God has me preach toward that need and toward that direction. And, and a lot of times I try to preach it and uh, without announcing that I'm preaching it so that when it meets the need, it's just, it, it is what it is. And, but I'm going to do something different today. I'm just going to put it up, put it out there right where it is. I want to motivate you today to get involved. I'm just going to tell you right up front, the whole message today is given and, and is received uh, for the purpose of motivating you to get involved to see something happen. You see, this Easter, we are shooting and we are trying and we're going to be praying for and begging God to let us minister to 3,000 people Easter weekend. Now, that's not going to be easy considering we have an auditorium that will seat about 500. So that's a little task that is going to have to be, uh, uh, we're just going to have to do things. We're going to have six services that weekend, uh, and I'm starting on vitamins today. Say amen. God help us. Amen. Uh, uh, but that's what it's going to take. Now you say, well, preacher, that's just all about numbers. It's not about numbers. It is about numbers, but it's not about numbers in the way you're thinking. Listen, we have figured out that the more people you have in the building, the more opportunity that lost people have to hear the gospel. And, the, and listen, the more people we can get in here, the more chances we have to get somebody that doesn't know Christ under the hearing of the gospel. And if they hear the gospel, God willing, they may get saved. I need a witness. 
That's what it's about. That's what it's about. It may be your cousin. It may be your brother. It may be your sister. It may be your mama or your daddy or your son or your daughter. It may be somebody that you're affiliated with that comes to know Jesus because of the efforts that are made. 3,000 people. With 3,000 people, we know we're going to need 400 volunteers. 400 volunteers. As you sat down in your seat or somewhere close to your seat, you found a green card. How many of y'all know everybody needs a green card? I was addressed and asked and, and, and was instructed not to use the term green card. I said you should have made it a blue card then. Amen. But it is funny. Everybody needs a green card. I, I can't help it. I just had to run with it. Amen. That volunteer card, that volunteer card is very important. Uh, and I pray that you'll see after the service today how important it really is. Because we need your help. I want to motivate you. How many of y'all know some people need no motivation whatsoever? Some people jump out of bed in the morning. They need no coffee. They need not a water hose to squirt them down to get them out of bed. They need nothing of that sort. They just jump out of bed with eyes as big as squirrels and bushy-tailed and the whole deal and just excited to be alive and excited to know, you know, and, and, and I hate them kind of people. I'm telling you, I, I, I am not a morning person. I do not like in the morning time. I, I, I mean, it's all I can do. I got I to gotta have several motivational factors uh, to get me up in the morning. One is I got to pay the rent. Hey, man, that's a great motivational factor. But uh, some people just don't have that motivation. They don't have that, that drive and that push. And, you know, the same thing works in the, in the church. It really is. There's some Christians, man, I'm telling you, they just jump in and they just go after it wide open and they want to serve God with as, as much zeal and as much fervor as they did. I mean, they want to be just as going after it for God as they did for the devil. And that's, that's great, man. That's, that's wonderful. Sometimes you just got to put reins on them and pull them back a little bit. They're just, they just going after it and, and wide open. And then there's the other crowd. That if you had an electric hot shot, you couldn't get them out the pew. Say amen. Now here's what I want to do. Regardless where you're at, if you're one extreme or the other, you're right in between. I want to motivate you today. I really wanted to come with this great story of Nehemiah. Man, I was in my mind, I wanted, to, I wanted to take the story of Nehemiah, how Nehemiah was building the wall and he had a, a shovel in one hand and a hammer or a sword in the other and here they are, they're building and fighting and building and fighting and the critics came and said, come down and meet with us, come down and meet with us and Nehemiah shouted with victory and he said, no, no, I can't come down because I'm doing a great work. I'm building a great work. And man, I wanted to come before you this morning and present this, this idea that Temple is building a great work. We are involved in a great endeavor. This is a great thing that's happening. People are getting saved. Lives are being changed. Homes are being put back together. And man, this is a great work. But God said, no, that's not, that's not what I want you to talk about. It's even more serious than that. And y'all know me. I don't, like, I don't like these kind. I, 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 I want to talk about grace and mercy and amen. I just, but this is serious. This is serious for every Christian. If you're here today and you know Christ is your Savior, there's coming a day that's very important that you need to understand. Sometimes we shortchange each other. We shortchange Christians and do not really share the whole truth of what's going to happen and I feel because of that, we, we, we are less motivated than we need to be. 
Paul, in this chapter, he's explaining some things and he's sharing his motivation. He even uses this word. He says, knowing the terror of the Lord, we persuade men. He said, we are, we are persuading men. He said it this way in Romans. He said, man, I can't wait to preach the gospel. I'm ready and with all that in me is, I'm ready to preach the gospel to them that are in Rome. I mean, he was wide open. He even said it this way, woe unto me, woe unto me if I preach not the gospel. He said, I'm motivated. Now, why was he so motivated? What was it about him that he understood that had him so motivated to be involved in the work of the Lord? Well, the first thing I see in this chapter, and there's three things that stand out, three things that stand out in this chapter that's very motivating, and it should be motivating to you too. First, he realized this, number one. He realized that there was an assignment that he had received. There was an assignment that he had received. What, what are you saying? He said, I am an ambassador for Jesus Christ. You know what that word means? It means representative. An ambassador is one who went to a foreign country. Now, you've got to follow this. He went to a foreign country, and I am here on behalf of the authority and the leadership of the country that I came from. In other words, if it was a king, I am here standing for the king. I am here speaking for the king. I am here representing the king. I did not come with my own agenda. I did not come with my own ideas. I did not come with my own plans. I came simply representing the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I came on business for the king. And he is saying this, every step I take, every city I go in, every village I find myself in, I am representing the king of kings and the Lord of lords. I'm not standing here trying to share with you my theology or my opinions or my preferences. I'm standing before you representing Jesus Christ and he has sent me to tell you that there is good news that you don't have to stay in the condition you're in. You don't have to stay in the place that you're in. That he has power beyond our wildest dreams. He can forgive you of your sin. He can mend your broken heart. He can put your home together. There's nothing impossible to him. I have an assignment. I have a job. So, oh, preach, but you're a preacher. It's obvious you got a job. Okay. How about the how about the dude in the graveyard? Running around with no clothes on. Full of devils and demons. Y'all with me? Y'all remember? The nude dude in a rude mood. Amen. Jesus comes into the graveyard. Y'all so y'all know what happened? Read, read your Bible. This man falls at Jesus' feet. He comes to Jesus. Now, they tried to chain him. They tried to bind him. They tried everything they could to control this man. But how many of y'all know man's, man's ways won't fix you? But when you come to Jesus, the Bible says he fell at his feet. He fell at his feet. Jesus healed him, cast all the demons out. They went in the swine. They go in the ocean. And now they're here. Uh, and, and all the villagers come out to check out the site, what had happened. And, they're, man, they're looking at it. Oh, my goodness. Great. He is sitting in his right mind at the feet of Jesus. He is fixed. How many of y'all came to Jesus and he fixed you? Now, watch this. Watch this. I'm going somewhere. Jesus goes to leave. He goes to get on the boat. And as he goes to get on the boat, he's coming with him. I'm going to him. He fixed me. I might need something else to be fixed. Amen. And Jesus says, whoa, whoa, whoa. Uh-uh. 
I don't want you to, uh-uh. You got an assignment. This is what he says. This is what he says to this guy. He says, I need you to go back and tell your family, go tell your friends, go tell everybody you can what good things God has done for you. He received an assignment. The best witness at Temple Baptist Church ain't the preacher. I wished it was, but it's not. The best witness at Temple Baptist Church is not even a, a staff member. They wish it was, but it's not. You see, there's, there's a young lady who come to Temple about two years ago, suicidal and broken. A young lady who thought the world was over and her life was done. And just lost everything and been so beat up by the devil and so distraught and so destroyed that there was no hope for anything else. And she walked through the doors of temple and she found a God who loves her just like she is. And took her in and changed her heart and forgave her and helped her and blessed her and motivated her. And guess what? Now, two years later, she's the greatest witness at Temple Baptist Church right now. Say, so why, 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 what, what is she doing? She's not getting a Bible and saying, get your Bible and turn to, she's not doing that. She's not preaching a sermon. She's not preaching an outline. She's not breaking forth. She's not doing that. You know what she's doing? I'll tell you what she's doing. In the, in the care room, when I'm in the care room and people are coming from a service and they've got tears dripping off their face because their world has come to an end, because the, the one they love walked out on, because the doctor said it's over and there's no help, because their kids have gone crazy on them and they think it's all over and they got tears dripping off their face, mascara running all down their cheek and she says hey honey let me tell you what God done for me and if God can do it for me God can do it for you amen now listen why is she doing that because she knows she has an assignment every saved child of God has a responsibility and assignment to take what God has done for you and share it with somebody else. What if you had a disease that everybody had and you found the cure? Would you just let everybody die around you? Or would you say, let me tell you what I got and I can tell you where to find it. You don't have to, you, you don't have to stand in front of a crowd with a Bible and, and an outline. and Just go tell somebody what God's done for you. Everybody has their own story, and their own story is powerful. My dad's sitting right here. He can start telling his story, and it's something else. I mean, it really is. It's something else. But my story is nothing like his story. But I got a story. And I can reach people with my story that he'll never reach with his story. But there's people in life that's gone through difficulty like he's gone through that he could be able to reach because he was just like them and they're more like him. Are y'all with me? Has it dawned on you yet today that you've got an assignment? I haven't been doing anything. Well, it's time to start. Why? You have an assignment. The second thing is, now it's fixing to get tight, people. This ain't going to be a shout in church. Y'all not going to leave with, with, you know, y'all not going to want to take me to dinner today. Everybody left wanting to give, give Brian stuff last week and take him out to dinner. And, and I, you know, God don't give me them kind. I don't know why. I just, 
Why should we be motivated to get involved? Why should I take that card and fill it out? Why should I volunteer to help this Easter? Because one day, I not only have received an assignment, but one day there's an appearance I'm going to make. There is an appearance that I'm going to make. The Bible says, for we all, say that with me, for we all, all shall appear before the judgment seat of Christ. I don't know about y'all, but that's scary. You see, the word appear is a lot, it has a lot more to it than what's just on the surface. It doesn't mean, it doesn't mean we just have to show up. One day we're going to be before the throne of God. We're going to be before the throne of Christ. Christ Jesus is going to be standing there and we must appear. But it's a lot more than just showing up. The word appear means to unveil. It means to reveal, to pull back the covers. You see, one day we're going to be revealed for who we really are. One day we're going to stand before God and you say, Preacher, what's going to be revealed? First thing I know is we're, our motives are going to be revealed. Let me give you a verse. Let me give you a verse. 1 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 5. Therefore, judge nothing before the time until the Lord come. Now watch what he says. Who both will bring to light the hidden things of darkness and will make manifest. The word manifest means to uncover. To make manifest the counsels of the hearts. How many of y'all know that what happens on the outside is not necessarily a representation of what's on the inside? God is concerned about our motives. Why did you do what you did? Why did you, why did you uh, uh, serve in the way that you serve? Because see, on the outside, we can make it look real spiritual. We can make it look real righteous. We can make it look real good on our behalf. And we can make it think, oh, we just love God and serve God. No, we wanted somebody to see us. I'm not going to ask anybody to testify this morning. I'm just going to confess. I'm just going to be the bad guy, okay? Because so, I know y'all are all spiritual and I don't want, you know, y'all don't have no issues with. But there's going to be times in my life that, that I know that I'm gonna, it's going to be revealed that, 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 that I did something because I was more concerned about what they thought about me if, if I didn't. And not because I wanted to serve God and honor God. It was more what would they think or what would they say? There's been times I've served and I've, I've, I've did things because, because I, I, I was afraid of what church people might think. Or maybe they might go to another church. And God said, one day, I'm going to peel it all back. And your motives are going to be revealed. I don't know about you, but that's very motivating. One day, my motives will be revealed. Not that, not just that. One day, my ministry is going to be revealed. The service, the works that we do. Paul, Paul said it this way. He, 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 he kind of describes, describes our Christian life as building a building. In other words, the moment you get saved, you lay a foundation, which is Jesus Christ. And then as you do works, as you serve him, as you work for him, you're building on that foundation. And he says there's several different, there's several different uh, building materials. There's wood, hay, and stubble. And then over here, he says there's precious stones and there's gold. Now watch, watch what he says in, 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 in 1 Corinthians 3, verse 12. Now if any man build upon this foundation gold, silver, precious stones, Wood, hay, and stubble. Six different varieties, 
midst of building materials. Every man's work shall be made manifest. It shall be uncovered. For the day shall declare it, the day of judgment, because it shall be revealed by fire. God's allowing fire to come upon it and try it. The fire shall try or test every man's work. Now watch this. Of what sort it is. In other words, everything we do for God is going to be tested. Every work that we do, every deed that we do, everything is going to be tested by the fire of God. Everything is going to go through the fiery gaze of the Lord Jesus Christ. And there's going to be things that are going to come through like the gold, silver, precious stones, deeds that we have done that were precious, that were real, that were genuine, and they're going to come forth. And the Bible says we will be rewarded for them. But then there's going to be things that we have done that's wood, hay, and stubble. And y'all know what happens to wood, hay, and stubble when you put the fire to it. It turns to ashes. And the Bible says those things, those things, we will suffer loss. We will not receive a reward for that. Y'all with me? Now, this morning I woke up and I said, God, help me to help me to make this simple. Help me to make this so clear and understandable so they can understand. How I, want, I want gold, silver, and precious stones. How about y'all? I don't want wood, hay, and stubble. I know I got some. I got plenty. But I want to work on gold, silver, and precious stones. I want to have a reward one day. How do we know the difference? And he spoke to me this morning. This is what you got to hear. Those things that are gold, silver, and precious stones that we do, those works that we do, are the works that we do simply for the glory of God. In other words, we did it not to get anything out of it. Because I've been guilty a lot of times in my life. I did something so I would get something. I was a blessing to somebody because I felt like they could be a blessing to me. Are y'all with me? But he said, those things that you do simply so God can look good, so God can get the glory, so God can get the credit, those things that you do for the glory of God, they're going to be gold, silver, precious stones. They're going to come through the fire, and you will receive a reward for it. But he says, those things that you do to be seen of men, in other words, for recognition here on this earth, they're going to burn up. So you got any Bible for that? How about, the, how about when, when Jesus said, he's talking about them Pharisees that prayed and just tried to look real spiritual in the courtyard, and he said, hey, they have their reward. They do it to be seen of men. What is their reward? Being seen of men. Being thought of as spiritual to men. But you know what God says? It's going to burn up. What was the motivational factor in Paul's life? He said, I'm going to appear. I'm going to appear before God. I'm not going to say anything. I won't have anything to say. All I know is all my works are going to be judged. And those things that come through that are, that are pure, that are of the right motives, of the right heart, of the right thinking, they're going to come through with flying colors, and I will receive a reward for them. But those things that were wrong motives, wrong, wrong uh, 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 plans, they're going to burn up. You say, preacher, how could it get any worse than that? Whew, number three. 
the Bible says that there's an assignment that I've received. There's an appearing that I'll make. I'm late to everything. I don't want to be, I don't try to be, I don't do it on purpose, but for some reason stuff happens, and, but that's one appearance I'm not going to be late for. That's one appearance I'm going to make, and so are you. The Bible says, for it is appointed unto man once to die, and after this the judgment. It also says in the last two verses of Ecclesiastes, the book of Ecclesiastes, it says, let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is the whole duty of man. For God shall bring every work into judgment with every secret thing, whether it be good or whether it be evil. He said, whatever you do, you serve God, you labor for God. Whatever you do, do it, because one day it's coming a judgment. We will appear. But watch this, number three. Write this down and then look up at me. There is an accounting I must give. There is an assignment I have received. There is an appearance I will make. And there is an accounting I will give. Now, I know what you're thinking. I know what you're thinking. That's the same thing. That's the same thing. And please don't get distracted. Stay with me right here because this is really important. That's the same thing. That's the same. It's, no, it's not. When I'm standing before God and my works are being judged and, and, and the labor that I have done, that I'm going to receive a reward, it's going to happen. Nothing I can say can change what that fire is going to do. Are you all with me? What I've done on this earth, I've done. It's a done deal. But now, the Bible says in Matthew 12, 36, But I say unto you that every idle word that men shall speak they shall give account thereof in the day of judgment. What's that mean? When I'm being, I'm being, my, my works are being revealed, I'm going to receive a reward one way or the other. But then, after that's over, I'm going to have to step forward. And the word account means reasoning. In other words, I'm going to have to speak up and I'm going to have to give reasoning to God for every idle word. What does that mean? Everything I've said in criticism, God's going to say, why did you do that? Why did you speak to your neighbor in such a way? Why did you say what you said? Every idle word. Let me, let me put it, let me apply it this way, because I'm going to use a real situation so y'all understand what I'm trying to say. One day, God is going to look down at me, Jesus is going to look down at me with fire in his eyes, and I'm going to stand before him, naked before the world, I'm going to just, me and God, and here we are, and he's going to say, why did you criticize Daystar Church for having a coffee shop in their church? Come on, give me a reason. What were you thinking? And I'm going to have to give reasoning for my criticism. I'm going to have to give a reason. He's going to say, why did you criticize that preacher for preaching without a tie on? And I'm going to have to stand before God, and I'm going to have to give reasoning for my actions and my words. Why did you say that hurtful thing to your spouse when you know it would break her heart? I'm going to give an account 
I'm going to have to speak up before God and give a reasoning for my idle word. Now, before any of y'all leave here, you need to understand, Jerry Lawson, the pastor at Daystar Church, knows everything I said about him because I told him. And I apologized to him. I said, man, I was so dumb. I was so caught up in my own tradition and I was so caught up in my own preferences and my own ideas of what I thought it should be. I couldn't look beyond what I knew. I spoke in ignorance and I'm sorry. I apologized to him. We had a big laugh over it. Listen. What did you learn from that preacher? I learned to keep my mouth shut. Say amen. Make it right. If you let your mouth get out of get out of uh, uh, out of gear and got to running before your brain got engaged, make it right. Because it will help you on that day. Preacher, what else are we going to have to give a reasoning for? The Bible says this one. This one's even worse. I know you didn't think it could get any worse, but Romans 14, verse 10. Why dost thou judge thy brother? Or why dost thou set it not thy brother? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat. In other words, he's saying, why are you trying to be the judge? You ain't the judge. There is a judge, and we're all going to stand before him. For it is written, as I live, saith the Lord, every knee, how many of them? Every knee shall bow to me, every tongue shall confess to God. Now watch this, watch this. So then every one of us shall give account of, shall give account of to God. I'm going to have to give a reasoning for my words. I'm going to have to give a reasoning for my walk. What does that mean? That means this. The Bible says that we have received a great gift. An incredible gift. The Bible uses the term and the word unexplainable or unspeakable. The unspeakable gift. You can't describe it. How can you describe a, a gift that has a God in glory who looks down on a sinful man and comes and, and he who is rich becomes poor so he that is poor can become rich? He that was holy and pure and perfect became sin that I who am a sinner can come to know him as my personal savior. I've been forgiven. I've been washed in the lamb's blood. I have been saved. My name is on the lamb's book of life. My, my, hey, my foot is on a rock. He has put a new song in my mouth. He's changed my life forever. What a gift. Not only that, not only that, it says and, and, and John 14, let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. Do you get what I'm saying? I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself. That where I am, there ye may be also. The hands that...
formed Mount Everest, the hands that dug out and, listen, put the Great Barrier Reef in its spot, the hands that made the sun, the moon, the stars, and the whole earth, the hands that formed it all is preparing me a place. What a gift. And when I mess up, he forgives me. Not only that, but he said he has given us all. Ephesians 14, look it up. Try me. Ephesians 4 says that God has given everyone a gift. Some people have the gift to teach. They can take the most boring subject in the world and can teach it in such a mesmerizing way because God gifted them that way. It was obvious in my school, not many had that one. There are people with a gift of encouragement. You get around them and you can't stand it. They just make you smile. Before you're in their, in their presence, two minutes, you, you're already smiling because God's just gifted them with encouragement. There's people with a gift of administration. They're so organized, it's sickening. I do not have that one. I do not even want that one, amen. But they are, they just have it. I mean, they're just organizing. You go, you go, you go in Jordan's room. Is she in here? She ain't in here, is she? Okay. I can say what I want to. You can go in Jordan's room. And it looks like somebody set a grenade in the center of the room, pulled the pin, and run for dear life. That's what it looks like. You go in Becca's room, that's 10 feet from Jordan's room. Every shoe is lined up. Everything, her, her dresser drawers, everything in the dresser drawers, everything in the closet is just right. Sometimes I go in and I mix stuff up just to mess with her. She gets bent out of shape. She gets, and, and sometimes she gets so frustrated with all the rest of them, she goes and cleans their room. What a woman. And she just, the whole, and she just, I said, what are you doing? They won't do it. I got to do it for them. And Jordan's in the corner going, Just gifted. I mean, they can do. There's some people that can sing. I mean, just sing like a mockingbird, sing like an angel from glory, just sing. There's some people that can. <laughs> but they think they can. I don't know what. How about them people that can play just any instrument? Brother Craig Edwards, he, he can play anything. Piano, fiddle, drums. Just, I mean, ridiculous. I can't even play the radio. And you know what the sad part is? All of these things God has given to us. One day, we're going to find our spot. And he's going to say, that gift that I gave you, you never used it. 
that ability to teach and you never taught anyone. I gave you the ability to sing like no other and you never used it for my glory. That ability to encourage and just lift people up and you never touched anybody's heart. Can you help me with that? And the Bible says we will have to give a reasoning for our behavior. There are some people that God has gifted financially. It is. It's in the Bible. Read your Bible. It's there. Some people have the ability to touch things and it just turns to gold. I can touch gold and it turns to anything else but gold. I've inherited my father's ability to buy high and sell low. Some of y'all get that in a minute. Y'all, it, it, it took a minute, but you'll get it. You do that long, you're out of business, amen. But they just do. Some people, they can just take a business and just, and just explode. God has just gifted them. And you know what? One day they're going to stand before God. And God said, I gave you this incredible gift. And you were stingy. And you never shared what I gave you. We're going to give account. Paul said, the reason I'm so motivated, the reason I'm so driven, the reason that I do what I do and, and I am what I am because I understand one day I will stand and appear before Jesus Christ and I will give him a reasoning for my life. He's going to say I bled and died and I hung on a cross for six hours. Six hours I hung on a cross and you couldn't make it to church because it was raining. There's, there's Christians being beheaded in China for their, for, for their stand for Jesus Christ. And, 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 and you couldn't help on Easter because you were too busy? Really? Re give me your reason. Help me with this. I'm not embellishing nothing. I'm, I, did I not just read it in the Bible? We will give account. For everything God has blessed us with and every opportunity we've had to be a blessing and serve God and others and we did not take that opportunity, we will give a reason. I don't know about y'all. I can't change yesterday. But I can change tomorrow. And I'm going to start today. Preacher, what did you get out of this message? To keep my mouth shut. If some of us do that, that's an incredible miracle right there. Say amen. If we can just make that happen, that's it, man. That's going to do more for the kingdom than anything. I just, I'm going to do everything I can, if I can. See, you, 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 that's it. Stand up. Let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. Wednesday night, we had 1,200 people in this building. So, preach, y'all run 1,500. Every, yeah, it takes three times to do it. 
They was all in this building and the building down there. Andrew gave his testimony in such an incredible way. Go on the website and check it out. It's just incredible. What's your excuse? Really? You can't for what reason? Tell me again what your reason was. You the man. You the man. Love you, buddy. Amen. Get your green card. You don't think, you don't think that was a divine appointment? I didn't have that planned. I didn't say before the service, now Andrew, right at this spot, you speak up. In the, uh, I think God wanted us all here to see. What excuse are we really going to bring to God? Let's get busy. You see, everything I've talked about today is the judgment for the saved. But the Bible records another judgment that's for the lost. It's in Revelation chapter 20 and it's called the great white throne judgment. I pray that you're saved today, but if you're not, you can be. It would be a great day to trust Christ. Amen. But everybody else, let's make a commitment to God to do all we can. So that when we stand before him, whether here or there, Paul says, that we may be well-pleasing to him. Amen. Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for your blessings. We thank you for your kindness. We thank you for the opportunity to serve. We thank you for the opportunity to be involved in something that is a great work. God, we thank you for the privilege of being used by you. You don't have to use us. Lord, you could get the job done without us, but you choose to use us so that we could receive the blessing. God, I pray that your, your touch will be felt. I pray that your, your love will be felt today. Father, I praise you and I thank you for all your glory.